Hi, welcome back to Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. I'm Lynn. And I'm Rochelle. And today we are talking about season three, episode three, called Bad Day at Black Rock. Okay, wait. <laughs> Before we start with this episode, um, we should probably acknowledge that Supernatural just announced that they are ending after season 15. It makes us sad. I know. We just learned, I know that this is old news for when you listen to this episode because oh, yeah. we record ahead of time, but we just found out, like, was it yesterday or the day before? I think so. The day before. Yeah. And Rochelle, like, tagged me in a post on the video that Jensen, Jared, and Misha had posted. It, like, blew up my Facebook. I got on there, and there was, like, five posts in a row of, like, different people posting all the same stuff Mm -hmm. like literally all of my feed for the last couple of days has just been supernatural it's ending and everybody's freaking out well yeah well you're (laughs) because I was like not on my phone for like a good five hours you know what I mean and then when I come to I'm like oh Rochelle tagged me in this I should look at it and I literally just burst into tears (laughs) I was like I had the little like heart flutter like panic moment like (gasps) What? And yeah. And I was like, okay. I'm, like, surprised. Like, I'm not okay with it. But also, at the same time, I'm, like, really okay with it. Well, they just want to spend time with their families. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, and that's why I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, like, I'm totally sad because this is by far my favorite TV show. Yeah. I'm totally sad that it's ending. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, also, at the same time, they're going to be in other things. It's not like we're never going to see them again. Right. And, like... They have families. They've all got three, or they both got three kids each. Like, mm-hmm. they want to spend time with their families, I'm sure, you know? Yeah. And after 15 years of doing the same thing, like... 15 years is long enough. It is yeah. a long time. And I think also, too, they kind of want to, like, prevent it from fizzling out. Right. I know? mean, they can go out how as as big and with as much budget, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to waiting for, like, ratings to fail and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. So it'll be a better, it'll be a better story, a better produced story. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's fine. I am sad, and mm-hmm. I really did cry way more than I thought I was going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you're getting a little teary right now. I, mean, I see maybe. a little sparkle. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's not fine, but it's fine. It's fine. I, um, I am sad that it's over. Yeah. But, um, well, that it's going to be over in a year. But yeah. I think it'll be really great. I hope that they still do conventions. I imagine that they you would will. think they would. Well, you know, it depends on, like, scheduling and stuff, really. Yeah. If there are other things. I but mean, Creation I, still does conventions for, like, Vampire Diaries and yeah. stuff like that that has been done for a while. Star Trek, like, everything. Yeah. They do it for a lot of things, like yeah. Xena. And supernatural yeah. conventions sell out regularly, so I would mm-hmm. not be surprised if they would keep it going for at least yeah. a little while. I hope so, because we have to go to the Vegas one next mm-hmm. year. Next year. That's it. Like, I'm not taking any chances. I'm going next year. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, for real. <laughs> so anyways, we just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, yes. But okay, today we're talking about <laughs> Bad Day at Black Rock. So we start out in a prison. A guy named Kubrick. Kubrick? 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 I think maybe? it's Kubrick. Kubrick? It's supposed to be know. after Stanley Kubrick, which I... So Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, Did Stanley I say that Kubrick? right? I don't know. I'm going to fuck the crap out of me. I'm going to say Kubrick. Okay. I'll probably say it differently every single time I say it. That's fine. Okay. We'll all know what you're talking about. All right. <laughs> so a guy named Kubrick is visiting Gordon Walker. God, I hate that bastard. That is literally the first note that I wrote for this episode is, I really hate Gordon. <laughs> I hate him. I really... 
like the actor and how he plays Gordon. Yeah. Like, love the actor, hate the character. His face, though, in this TV show, like, it just, like, incites instant rage. Well, he's, like, he's got, like, no facial expression or emotion for all of it. It's kind of amazing. too, like... I think it would be... I would like him more if he struggled more with his decision rather than just, like... The black and white. I'm gonna kill them because they're bad. Yeah. You know, like... What? You know? Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) Hold on. So, uh, they're talking to each other on phones on either side of a glass window, like they do in jail. I don't know if that's even a real jail thing. I don't know. I've never been to jail and I've never visited anyone in jail. I tried to visit someone in jail once, but they had already been transferred, like, earlier that day. Oh. So, I never got to. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I really wanted to, like, experience that sometime in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to talk to you. Here's what we're going to do. Okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to break a law. No. (laughs) That's not where I was going. You went the complete opposite direction. Okay, sorry. I was going to go with, we do the whole, like, phone string thing. (laughs) And, like, you go on one side of the sliding glass door and I'll go on the other. And talk to each other through the glass with our little Let's do that this summer right here. And we can have Eric make a video of it and we can put it on Facebook. If we remember. But yes, I think it should happen. Also, here's the thing is how well would that really work? Because doesn't the string have to be like super tight for the sound to travel? I think so. So like you'd have to stretch it really tight, shut the door in it, and then pull on it a lot. Yeah. And then hope it doesn't get blocked by the door touching it, you know? I don't know. I don't think it's going to work with the door in the way. What if it would like echo from the glass? (laughs) <laughs> what? Okay, I know that's probably not how things work, but now I'm fascinated. <laughs> and I need to try it just to see. We can totally try it. And look like a doorknob. But you know, it's, it's, fine. Fine. it's fine. It's fine. We'll try it. Um, so they are talking to each other on phones. <laughs> Kubrick says, it's true. The Devil's Gate was opened in Wyoming. Big St. Helens big. There's no solid fix on how many demons got out, but it's in the hundreds. An army. Gordon says, Sam Winchester was there, wasn't he? Kubrick says, talk to a guy who knows a guy who knows Bobby Singer. And yeah, it looks like the Winchesters were at ground zero uh, when the gate was popped. But Singer said they went there to stop it. Gordon says, huh-uh. Bobby's edge ain't what it used to be. Sam could have him believing anything by now. Okay, have you met Bobby? I know. <laughs> you could just fuck right off. Because... <laughs> what a load of crap. Yeah. Bobby's <laughs> got his shit together more yeah. than anyone else on the show. And he is so suspicious of everything. Yeah. All the time. Like, okay, one of my favorite, I'm not going to give anything away, but one of my favorite, like, moments with Bobby is way later when he just, like, gets bored and decides to, like, do this big project one day. Mm-hmm. And, like... It's amazing, you know, because he's just like, well, I had some free time. So I did oh, this I know what you're you talking about. You know what I'm about. talking yeah. about. It's just like, you can't, like, he is so prepared on every level of, like, you didn't even think that you needed to be prepared for that, but Bobby's prepared for right, it. You know? Right, right. Like, you're not going to pull the wool over Bobby's eyes. Exactly. Ugh, I love Bobby. Me too. Um, so Kubrick says, listen, Gordon, as far as talk goes, Sam Winchester checks out. He's a hunter. That's all. Gordon laughs and says, Kubrick, I'm not even sure he's human. You think I'm crazy? I told you there was a war coming six months ago. Take a look around. It's here. Now I'm telling you, this boy is a part of it. Track him down, Kubrick. You'll see it too. Sam Winchester must die. And then Gordon hangs at the phone, and we get our opening title sequence. I really hate that guy. 
I do too. I really do. <laughs> I really like actually like Kubrick. <laughs> no, 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 not him. Gordon. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. hate Gordon, but I kind of like Kubrick. Like he's he's very quirky. Yeah, he's yeah. just kind of like I don't love the things he do he does, but no, but. As far as a He's got loyalty, though, you know, and mm-hmm. he still kind of, like, questions it. I think the thing is, he, for me, the saving grace for him is, and the reason that I like him as much as I do is because he really doesn't know. He's just going off of somebody's, you know, somebody he trusts, mm-hmm. intelligence, which he's like, okay, like, he hasn't been wrong before. You know, yeah. This is... Right. I'm going with it, you know? Right. And then he sees everything that happens as, like, signs from God. Yeah. Which he does in a comical way, which yeah. I like. Mm-hmm. He's but. kind of a, a doofus. Yeah. Like, not really. He's smart, but he's, just, he's a smart doofus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he kind of physically looks like a dude I dated once. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, if Kubrick was, like, a 22-year-old. So, not... He doesn't look that old. Okay. <laughs> but I had a little bit of a struggle with that, too. I'd be like, oh, he kind of reminds me of this guy. <laughs> Oh, boy. And and that was not a good experience for me. So it was just kind of like, I kind of want to punch you in the face. (laughs) Anyway, okay. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So we get our opening title sequence. Then we cut to Sam and Dean driving and baby. Dean says, because demon, that's why. I mean, the second you find out this ruby chick is a demon, you go for the holy water. You don't chat. Sam says, so this is the first time we hear her name. I was going to say, this is the first time. Yeah. 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 Um, Sam says, no one was chatting, Dean. Dean says, oh, yeah, then why didn't you send her ass back to hell? Sam says, because she said she might be able to help us out. Dean says, how? Really, Sam, how? How could she possibly help us? Sam says, she told me she could help you, okay? Help you out of the crossroads deal. Dean looks surprised and says, what's wrong with you? She's lying. You got to know that, don't you? She knows what your weakness is. It's me. What else did she say? Um, I love that. You're mm-hmm. my weakness. <laughs> I mean, at least they know it. I know. Right. They can be like sort of sappy in a not sappy way. And it's kind of great. Like they're, we're not going to have like a bromance moment, but also we're going to be like kind of cheesy about this. Yeah. I love those moments. I do too. <laughs> uh, Dean says, what else did she say? Sam says, nothing. Okay. Look, I'm not an idiot, Dean. I'm not talking about trusting her. I'm talking about using her. I mean, we're at war, right? We don't know jack about the enemy. We don't know where they are. We don't know what they're doing. I mean, hell, we don't even know what they want. Now this Ruby girl knows more than we will ever find out on our own. Uh, Now, yes, it's a risk. I know that, but we need to take it. Dean says, you're okay, right? I mean, you're feeling okay. Sam says, yes, I'm fine. Why are you always asking me that? So a fell a, a fell phone. A cell phone. <laughs> uh, okay. A cell phone starts ringing and Dean says to check the glove compartment. It's dad's. So I, he says, I keep it charged in case any of his old contacts call. Sam grabs the phone and says, hello. Yes, this is Edgar Casey. <laughs> No, don't call the police. I'll handle this myself. Can you just lock it back up for me? He gets an address from the caller and gets off the phone. He says to Dean, Dad ever tell you he kept a container at a storage place? Dean's like, what? No way. (laughs) Sam says, yeah, and someone just broke into it. So we cut to Kubrick in his RV with another hunter named Creedy. Creedy says, so you got no hard evidence on this Winchester guy. You're just working off Gordon's instincts. Kubrick says, you ever hunt with Gordon? Creedy says, no, I heard he's good. Kubrick says, good, he's the best. Saved my ass more times than I can count. So if he says Sam Winchester is dangerous, I believe him. Listen, he's not the best, because Sam and Dean are the best. I know. It kind of makes me wonder about, like, 
not Gordon, but Kubrick is a person that he thinks that, like, Gordon's all, you know, he's got him on this pedestal almost to, like, his hunting skills. Yeah, I think, I mean, here's the thing, though, is that he is good at what he does. That's he's the thing. good, but you spend ten minutes with him and you realize how psycho he is. Well, that's the thing. Like, his morals are totally off the deep end. Right. But as far as, like, actually doing the job, he is very good. Yeah. Like, he is able to, like... Find a problem, deal with it, the end. And there's no, mm-hmm. like, I mean, he's efficient. He's very efficient. Right. But why he's doing things or, like, the choices that he's made, the people that he's choosing to go after or whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's the questionable part of it. But when it comes down to, like, he's actually doing the job, he's very good. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. I just choose to think that that's what he's talking about rather than, like. Yeah. His moral choices are good, you know. Right. So, Creedy says he's going to be covering his tracks. He won't be easy to find. Kubrick says, uh, last I got puts him in Nebraska three weeks back. Creedy says, not exactly a fresh lead. Kubrick says, he ain't invisible. Some hunter out there knows something. So, we start calling our contacts. All we need is one break. During this conversation, Creedy uh, opens up a cupboard and finds a weird Jesus head knickknack. <laughs> Which is, I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's totally supposed to be like the comic relief. But um, it's the kind of thing where anywhere you turn the head, the eyes seem to still be looking at you. <laughs> Jesus and Mona Lisa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they see you all the time. So Creedy is like playing with it to make sure the eyes follow him. Yeah. Kubrick takes it away from Creedy and says, don't play with my Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Dean at their dad's storage facility. Um, as they're going down an elevator, Dean says, man, dad and all of his secrets. We spent all this time with a guy and it's like we barely knew the man. Sam says, well, we're about to learn something. So they open up the door and see a devil's trap on the floor with what looks like bloody footprints all over it. Sam says, no demons allowed. Dean says, check that out. And we see a tripwire loaded to the ground. It's connected to a gun. <laughs> Sam says, whoever broke in here got attacked. Dean said, dear old dad, I got two sets of boot tracks. It looks like it was a two-man job, and our friend with the buckshot in him looks like he kept walking. Sam says, so what's the deal? Uh, dad would do work here. Dad would do work here or something? <laughs> Dean says, living the high life as usual. So they start looking around, and Dean finds an old trophy. It says, 1995. Sam says, no way, that's my division championship soccer trophy. I can't believe he kept this. Dean says, it was probably the closest you ever came to being a boy. <laughs> okay, really? What a little turd. Yeah. He really is. I mean, Dean has his moments where you're like, dude, why? But also, like, I mean, it is kind of funny. It's one of those, like, <laughs> okay, whatever, move on. You know, yeah. not like, oh, I'm going to laugh about this forever, you know. But also, how cute is it that John kept that trophy mm-hmm. in, like, his special storage place? Because mm-hmm. it's not like it was hidden away in a box. No. It yeah. was out on top of, like, a file cabinet or something. Mm-hmm. So, so you cute. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, Dean, <laughs> Dean picks up a gun and says, oh, wow, it's my first sawed off. I made it myself. Sixth grade. I just... <laughs> What sixth grader? Because how old are you? Like, what, 10 at that uh, like point? Like 11. 11? Yeah. yeah. Like, 11, 12. Making sawed off shotguns. Right. <laughs> what sort of redneckery is this? <laughs> and John is so proud of it that he kept it. I know, right? Right. Uh, I mean, to be fair, that's how they were raised, so. You know. I know, it's true. <laughs> so they find a locked cage area that's been broken into. They find all kinds of weapons. Dean says, Holy crap, look at this. He had landmines, which they didn't take, or the guns. <laughs> 
So I guess they knew what they were after, huh? So, like, if I were Sam and Dean, wouldn't you be taking that stuff with you? You'd think. I don't recall them ever going back to the storage space ever in the next however many years the show is. Yeah, I don't remember them ever going. Go back for the landmine. Wait, hold on. No, I think they've been to storage spaces, but it's not that one. Right. Uh, I don't think they ever go back to this one. No, I don't think so. I mean, that doesn't mean that they never go back. We just haven't seen it. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Sam finds a rack of shelves with a bunch of wooden boxes on them. He says, hey, Dean, check this out. See these symbols? That's uh, that's binding magic. I thought it said landing magic. I like, <laughs> that's not right. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that's binding magic. These are curse boxes. <laughs> landing magic. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All I can see is this little like airplane pilot yeah. behind going, this is magic. And he's like slowly landing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, uh, that's binding magic. These are curse boxes. Dean says, they're supposed to keep evil mojo in, right? Kind of like a Pandora deal. Sam says, yeah, they're built to contain the power of the cursed object. Dean says, Dad's journal did mention a whole bunch of stuff. Dangerous hexed items, fetishes. He never did say where they ended up. Why did you fetishes? throw the, What is that? Yeah, I know. I wrote that down and I was like, I don't get it. Like, first of all, how do you put a fetish in a box? Well, they're cursed objects, so. But fetishes, though. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a cursed. Like, how? All I can think of are like foot fetishes, and so maybe some like <laughs> some like open-toed stiletto heel got <laughs> cursed. <laughs> it's a cursed object in the box. I'm gonna go with that option because <laughs> you know what? I like it. <laughs> I'm gonna go with there is a stiletto in that box. From a foot fetish of some variety. Yeah, that's it's like all I can think enchanted. of. Enchanted. <laughs> Anybody who wears like, the shoe is then a, like subject to this. Pr- oh, I don't want to go that far. <laughs> oh my God, you know what that reminds me of? Huh? Okay, when I was working at Barnes & Noble, we had this guy who would come in. This uh, He's younger than me. Um, I'm going to say at the time, and I don't remember when this was. He's probably like 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Um, he's this really, really tall, skinny guy. And... Um, he would he would start following employees around like the girls around. He they'd make us. He little, worked there. Or no, no, no. Just, he was a customer. Okay, he'd okay. come in and he'd start following, you know, the attractive booksellers around, and, uh, and it would get weird. But he would never like sketchy. say anything, you know, and he wouldn't get like close to anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you would just see him like sitting just, down like, by the people. cafe, like staring at you while you did a lot of bending and you know what I mean? Uh, it wasn't cool. The, unfortunately, that kind of thing happened a lot. You know, yeah. you work in a bookstore or a library, you're going to do a, an awful lot of bending. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, he would just sit down and watch. It was really creepy. Yeah. Um, but one day this girl, um, this, she came up to the manager I think, I don't remember who it was. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter for the story. Um, but she's like, some guy licked my foot. And what? we were like, what? And she was, she had sandals on. She was reading a book standing up. And a, and it was that guy. He was licking her foot. Uh. Yeah. She went home. She wasn't even 18. She wasn't even 18. She left immediately, called her mom, and her mom called the store. And it turned out the same guy had been actively following her other daughter earlier in the day what yeah 
Like, did she was she at the store or something? She, they or? weren't. These two two daughters were at the store at different times. Oh, okay, so, but he, they were in the same place. It's not like he was like stalking them, like following no, one, no, no, one no, place no. to another. No, it was just okay. in Barnes and Noble. But yeah, jeez, how do you get yourself on the ground enough to lick a foot and not have somebody notice? First of all, yeah, I mean, I guess she was reading. Like, okay, I mean, I could see that, but like, yeah, it's still very weird. Very weird. So disgu- okay, and first of all, I, okay, I hate feet. <laughs> right. Like, you know, and I work with them all the time at yeah. work, so it's fine. Like, also, side note, in case I haven't said it before, massage therapist here. So right, right, right. right. <laughs> I don't just touch people's feet for no. fun. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> you know, like, you, you give somebody a massage, and generally if you're doing, like, especially if you're doing a full body massage or whatever, if they've got, like, some sort of ankle something or other, like, you're going to work on their feet. Mm-hmm. I don't love it, but I do it. Yeah. Like, licking somebody, putting your mouth. I Listen, I have seen a lot of feet. <laughs> yeah. And none of them, even the cleanest ones, would I ever think, like, I'm going to put my mouth on that because who knows, even if it looks clean, like where had they walked? Like did they step in something nasty in the parking lot? Who knows? Like it just seems like a good way to die of some terrible disease. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just such a like horrific day for everyone. That's just like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So did like what happened after that? Did she, was she fine came back or whatever yeah i mean yeah. I, don't, I don't know like the mom yeah. just like complained the, the both those girls probably never came back to a barnes and noble <laughs> yeah you know but the guy the guy i don't think was in the store anymore when they complained so we all just had to look out for him i can't remember if he came back or not after that probably not he knew he pushed his bills yeah. and then shut yeah. down that mode mm-hmm. of operation yeah, i just can't remember but yeah oh i just that was the first for me nasty. of a customer complaint. Like, some dude licked my foot. Like, Ew. Yeah. Ugh. Like, I mean, the stalking and the creeping part of it is, like, one thing. But mm-hmm. you add that to, like, actually licking somebody's foot, which is just, like, way... That's, like, almost as disturbing to me as somebody watching you yeah. creepily. Like, yeah. put those together. And, ugh. So gross. Anyways. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so Sam says this must be his toxic waste dumped. Dump. <laughs> Sorry. So Sam notices an empty space on the shelf where there's no dust. He says one box is missing. Great. Dean says, well, maybe they didn't open it. So we cut to an apartment. A dude named Grossman is looking at the curse box and saying, come on, man, let's open it. There's another guy bleeding on the couch named Wayne who says, shut up about the damn box. Do you see what's happening here? I am literally bleeding to death. (laughs) Grossman says, I'm going to open it. It's like the two stooges. Yeah, (laughs) it is. He says, look, what if this is really worth something? What, we should just hand it over to her? We took all the risks. Hell, Wayne, you got shot. And for a lousy few hundred bucks. Now we could make some some more. We could make some more. Uh, selling whatever it is ourselves. So, also s'mores. <laughs> also s'mores. You're right. <laughs> so Grossman pries the lock off the box and opens it. Inside is a rabbit's foot. Wayne picks it up and says, are you kidding me? It's a rabbit's foot. I'm going to die for a damn rabbit's foot. <laughs> then someone knocks on the door. It's a guy named Foster. He says, listen, guys, not to be a drag or nothing, but it's six in the morning. Can't you keep it down? Wayne says, we got a situation here. Sorry. So Foster says to Wayne, what in the hell happened to you? (laughs) Wayne says, shotgun happened to me. 
Foster says, hey, Grossman, under my sink, there's a medical kit and get some water boiling. I used to be an army medic, you know, in Nam. So I guess this is your lucky day. But like, why is he not more concerned about how this happened? Right. Well, it's a pretty seedy motel. I mean, yeah, but still. But I mean, if, if Wayne's got the luck, then part of that luck maybe is not getting questioned, you know? Yeah. I'm just guessing. I, guess. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so we, we cut to Sam and Dean pulling up outside the apartment. They find a car and check out its plates. Dean says, Connecticut, last three digits, 880. Sam says, yep, that's it. Dean says, should have backed out, should have blacked out their plates before they parked in front of the security camera. <laughs> yeah, because they're dumbasses. It's the two stooges. <laughs> yep. So we cut back to inside the apartment. Wayne and Grossman are playing cards. Wayne holds, um... Wayne holds him up and says, Four kings, you see that? Deal it again. Royal flush. Grossman, that's the second royal flush in eight hands. I can't lose. I mean, really, I can't lose. <laughs> so he put the pick. So he picks the rabbit's foot back up and says, I think this thing really works. I'll tell you one thing. There's no way in hell we're handing it over to that stuck up bitch. Not after all we've been through. <laughs> As he's talking, we see that Sam and Dean are lockpicking their way into the apartment, and they start creeping up on Wayne and Grossman. Then Dean yells, freeze, nobody move. All right, give us the box. Please tell me that you didn't. Sam says, oh, they did. <laughs> Dean yells, you opened it, and slams Wayne against the wall. Wayne asks, are you guys cops? Dean says, uh, what was in the box? Wayne looks over at a side table, and Dean sees the rabbit's foot. Then Wayne breaks free of Dean's hold. Dean accidentally drops the gun, which fires when it hits the floor. The bullet ricochets off the metal heater and hits Sam's gun, which Sam drops. Then Grossman pushes Sam at the same... Uh, burp, 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 <laughs> Grossman pushes Sam at the same time Wayne pushes Dean, so Sam and Dean run into each other. This makes Dean fall onto the coffee table, which collapses. Sam says he's sorry. <laughs> and then Grossman tackles Sam and starts punching him in the face. Uh, then while Dean is getting up, Wayne grabs the gun off the floor and swings it up to point at Sam, but somehow Dean's face gets in the way, so the gun smacks him, and he falls down again. Then, while Poor Sam... Sammy. I know, while Sam... He's always getting knocked out! <laughs> always gets knocked out. Uh, so then while Sam is getting choked, he notices the rabbit's foot on the floor, so he grabs it, and then manages to break Grossman's hold. He kicks him across the room. Sam, st- Sam stands up and says, Dean, I got it! But then Wayne points a gun at Sam and says, no, you don't. He pulls the trigger, but it doesn't fire. So he backs up and trips over a chair, knocking him backwards. His head hits the floor and he is knocked out. (laughs) Then they notice Grossman in the corner of the room with another gun. He accidentally tips the shelves above his head and a crap ton of books fall on him, making him toss the gun away, which Sam catches. Grossman is now also unconscious. Dean says, well, that was a lucky break. Is that a rabbit's foot? Sam says, I think it is. The look on his face, too, when he realizes it's a rabbit's foot. I know. He's like, what? So that was, like, a lot of action for a fight, which I normally just say they fight. Yeah. So, but it was such a funny, like, chain of events to see it all. So I Completely, like, not normal. Yeah. yeah. It also really reminded me of how they filmed the Final Destination, like, the the big gory scenes of Final Destination. Like, you see... One tiny thing happened, start off like a chain reaction. Oh, I've never seen that, so. Oh, dude, we should watch those. <laughs> we should at is least. Is it a movie or is it it's like a. It's like five movies. Okay. It's like, I mean, it's like four at least. Yeah. My cousin has them, so mm-hmm. I, I bet I can get my aunt to let me borrow them mm-hmm. at least. 
Be like, hey, so for research. Yeah, be like, we gotta watch this. <laughs> That's why I'm on that side of the family, you'll if someone's going into another room, you'll hear one of us say, I'll be right back. Because oh. you're never right back. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, isn't that from the Scream movie? Not Final Destination. Now I feel crazy. That's from Scream. Did we watch Scream? I feel like I might have made you watch Scream. It's like the one where they're all at the house having the, the like, party. party or whatever. Yeah, and, and the ghost like, face. Yeah, and the one, like, gets stuck in the garage door. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I've seen that. Okay. But I don't remember that from, I mean, it could be, I mean, I've seen it once, so. It's um, where Randy, the movie geek, is telling them the rules of surviving a horror movie. And one is that you can never say, I'll be right back. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could never have sex. Because <laughs> you're going to be the first to die. Yeah, no drinking or drugs. Because <laughs> you'll be the second. And never say I'll be right back. Because then you're the third. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, I feel better. <laughs> Still, final destination must happen. Okay. You'll never look at those logging trucks the same. <laughs> Not ever. <laughs> Why? I, I can't even root it for you. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. It's just a thing. It's a total thing. You'll love it. Okay, so we cut to Sam sitting inside Baby. Dean comes out of a convenience store and gets in the car. Sam says, I'm not finding anything on it in Dad's journal. Dean shows Sam a bunch of scratch tickets. Because <laughs> that's the first thing you do is buy yeah, scratch tickets. For real. <laughs> Sam says, Dean, come on. Dean says, what? Hey, that was my gun he was aiming at your head, and my gun don't jam. So that was a lucky break. Not to mention them taking themselves out. Also, a lucky break. Mm-hmm. Here's scratch one. Come on, Sam. Scratch and win. <laughs> do it, do it, do yeah. it. <laughs> Sam starts scratching and says, look, Dean, it's got to be cursed somehow. Otherwise, Dad wouldn't have locked it up. He hands Dean back a scratch ticket, and Dean says, $1,200. You just won $1,200. Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It doesn't seem that cursed to me. And then he hands Sam another ticket. So we cut back to Wayne and Grossman. Uh, Wayne wakes up and walks over to Grossman. He kicks a beer bottle away, which rolls into the kitchen. He tries to wake Grossman up, but he just lays on the floor moaning. <laughs> so Wayne goes over to the kitchen sink and empties it. He pulls a few a few dirty dishes. Um, he puts a few dirty dishes <laughs> on the drying rack, including some kind of skewer thing. Some it's kind one of, of those meat, like you hold the meat to, and then cut with the other hand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like the like forked prong type thing yeah 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 i don't know what are those called you know <laughs> yeah i know i was like what is it i'm gonna look it up i think it's just like a skewer of a some skewer, variety yeah. so it's got the pointy end sticking like straight up in the air so he okay i was really upset that he was putting dirty dishes on his clean drying rack that really i was like <laughs> what are you doing what Wayne? Are you doing? <laughs> this, is, this is not okay yeah you deserve to die <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) So he splashes some water on his face, and then he turns around and says, Hey, Grossman. He takes a step, but his foot comes down on the beer bottle, and he falls backwards onto the skewer, which goes right through the back of his neck and out his mouth. Also, I've just discovered it's called a meat fork. (laughs) Oh, okay. The meat fork goes through the back of his neck and out his mouth. Which is disturbing. Yes. It it forked him. (laughs) (laughs) It forked him. It sure did. (laughs) So the noises he makes wakes Grossman up, who takes one look at him and screams. As you do. I would do the same thing. That was very, a very Final Destination type death, (laughs) where you see the can rolling, you know, close up on the can. 
Okay. And then, yeah, just the whole, like, it's all about the chain of events. Huh. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty, that's pretty funny. Not for super paranoid people like me. <laughs> I'm like, if I move my left hand right now, could that result in someone's death? <laughs> I, I mean, th- maybe if you moved it towards them with a gun. <laughs> I just mean, I get, I get caught up in shit like that sometimes. Yeah. It sucks. I, I've had those moments before where mm-hmm. it's like, if I did this, what was the, what's the worst thing that could happen if I did this? Mm-hmm. Or like, if I, st- you know, like, okay, the butterfly effect. Right. You know that book that you, that we all read in school that was like, oh, he like stepped off the path back and right. like he, they went back in time, stepped off the path, stepped on a butterfly or something and then they came back and nothing was right. Right. Like... I think about that now. Mm-hmm. Every single time I'm on a path somewhere out in nature, I'm like, I have to stay on the thing. <laughs> like, right. I, and they tell you not to, which of course is just like, but that's always what pops into my head is like, I'm going to step on a butterfly and the world's never going to be yeah. the same. <laughs> so then I went at the, I, was it the Pacific Science Center that had that big butterfly exhibit? Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that Oh my place. God. That was, I, I thought, this will be fun. We'll look at butterflies. Nope. It was a nightmare. I it's was so okay. Terrible. First of all, moths are just pretty. I mean, butterflies are just pretty moths. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, which I yeah. don't like. Yeah, and they're not dusty, which is good. Yeah, but still. Pull up. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Okay, so I'm in there and I'm grossed out with, with all the butterflies. They're grossing me out. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like so horrifically worried that I'm accidentally going to kill one. Like yeah. it's just it's on me and I don't know because it could be on me anywhere. Yeah. And I'm not looking at them right because I'm looking at the ground, making sure I don't step on them. Yeah. And it just wasn't. It was a horrible experience. That was. I hate. I've been in it a couple of times. The last time I was in it was for like Girl Scouts or something way back in the day. It was probably in like elementary school. Yeah. And I just remember, because we had been in there a couple times before, and I don't know, like, it always kind of worried me a little bit being in there, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I had really discovered that it was, like, because I'm not okay with butterflies. Right. (laughs) I didn't didn't think about it before then either. Yeah. It's like, it, yeah. Well, I had been in that butterfly house a couple times before, and it didn't really seem to, it was just kind of like, eh, you know, but, like, not bad. That time, for some reason, I got freaked out, because they always, like, okay, you have to be super cautious because you don't want to step on any of the butterflies. Mm-hmm. You don't want to kill any of them. And some of them are endangered and blah, 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 right? And so you're just like anxiety because you don't want to kill anything. Right. And then you go in there and you realize, I'm terrified of these things. Right, I know. <laughs> I sped walked through the whole thing. Yeah, I did And I just too. hung out by the exit and I was just like watching all around. Like yeah. this kid that's tweaking out in the middle of it and everybody's like, oh, let's go, look at this, look at this. I'm just like, let's get out of here. Yeah, that's what I did too. I was like, nope. Yeah. I, I, like, sped walk through it, and then I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to freak out. Yeah. I went you know? into one just a few years ago, actually, up in Victoria. Mm-hmm. They have, like, a tropical butterfly house or whatever, and they have, like, some flamingos in there and some parrots in there. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. It's not just butterflies. It's giant moths, too. Like, Ugh. I'm talking, like... Those little, like, not teacup saucer things, because they're bigger than that. It's like, you know, there's the small dinner plates and the big dinner plates that Mm -hmm. you get in, like, those. It's a small dinner plate size moth. And, like, I'm sitting there going, this is just the worst thing ever. So, me, as an adult, like, definitely old enough to drink at this point, I've got my North Face up around my ears. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, pop my collar, and I'm, like, covering most of my head <laughs> right. with my North Face, hunched over, and, like, 
walking like a maniac through the end. I'm just like, ah, ah. and there's all these little kids looking at me like, what is wrong with you, lady? And I'm like, because ah. I told my parents, I'm like, I'm not going through this. There's no way you can't make me. Like, yeah. I'm staying here. I will read a book. I don't even have to go anywhere. Like, this is not me trying to, like, wander off in Victoria. This is just me saying, I am not going to see some butterflies because I know right. what damage that'll do to me. Uh. And, like, oh, I just know turtled myself and then wandered around the yeah. hall. like oh, that and they awful. wanted to stay in there for like an hour and a half sort of like wandering around and i'm just like oh my gosh i hated it it sounds horrible big old butterflies big old moths and like just none of it was okay it just sounds like my worst nightmare it was terrible i hated it like that is not a good memory for me yeah they're like oh remember the time we went to the butterfly house and they were so pretty i'm like yeah the time i almost died a bunch of times because right. they almost touched me you know like, cool gross <laughs> god i never want to oh, i never want to see a moth that big i know oh no i to be fair i'm not like scared of butterflies i should clarify i'm not scared of them i just don't want them on me like i don't want them touching me i'm just worried about hurting them they they don't freak me out like moths do because they don't really act like moths do you know what i mean no not really kind of they fly a little differently though yeah they don't they don't try to fly in my mouth as much and you know what i mean butterflies yeah yeah no i had one bounce off my lips i tell you about that Uh, yes yeah yes you did disgusting okay so (laughs) we cut to dean laying down uh winning scratch tickets on baby's hood sam is on the phone with bobby sam says now look bobby we don't know bobby says i'm sorry (laughs) sam says now look bobby we didn't know bobby says you touched it damn it sam sam says well dad never told us about this thing i mean you knew about a store about a storage place in black rock bobby says his lockup yeah i knew hell i built those curse boxes for him (laughs) Listen, you've got a serious problem. That rabbit's foot ain't no dime store notion. It's real hoodoo, old world stuff. Made by a Baton Rouge conjurer. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sidebar. <laughs> the last episode we recorded, we were talking about New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking about that nightclub. And that across the street was Mary or Marie Laveau's yeah. mansion or house or whatever. And yeah. I said that she... Um, you know, like tortured and killed her slaves and stuff. Yeah. But I got that totally, totally wrong. Oh. <laughs> so Mary Marie Laveau um, was really into like hoodoo and that okay. kind of thing. So she was like a hoodoo practitioner. Yeah. Um, what I was thinking of was the I can't remember this woman's first name, but um, her last name is Lalori. Huh. And she has, um, she is the one with that history. She's okay. also in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, I think they did. Uh, was it? Season three of the American Horror Story was like, I think the first episode is based on her okay. and all of the horrific torture she did to her slaves and stuff, which I still haven't seen resulted in a big haunt. I couldn't watch that honestly. Yeah, I tried. I was like, I'll watch. I think it's Coven, maybe. I think that's the name of the that series. Yeah, I don't know because they're because like I think the second one was Asylum. With old and oh, different seasons yeah. or whatever yeah. called different things. I might be wrong because I, I I tried to watch the first episode, but there was too much torture. Oh. I couldn't even get through the first episode. No, I don't think the whole why. I don't think the whole season is like that. But I just was like I can't. Yeah, I can't I watch this. Yeah. So, anyways, I totally made a big mistake, and for anyone in New Orleans, I'm sorry that I messed that up. It's a pretty big mess up. <laughs> so, anyway, okay. So, um. 
he says it's real hoodoo, old world stuff, made by a Baton Rouge conjurer woman about 100 years ago. So as he's talking, Sam finds a gold watch on the ground. <laughs> of he, course. He no, holds, as you do. <laughs> I know. He holds it up for Dean to see, who mouths, awesome. <laughs> Sam says to Bobby, it's a hell of a luck charm. Bobby says, it's not a luck charm. It's a curse. She made it to kill people, Sam. So you touch it, you own it. You own it. Sure, you get to run a good luck to beat the devil. But you lose it. That luck turns. It turns so bad that you're dead inside a week. Sam says, so I won't lose it, Bobby. Bobby says, everybody loses it. (laughs) You idiot. (laughs) Sam says, well, then, how do we break the curse? Bobby says, I don't know if you can. Let me look into my library and make some calls. Just sit tight. So they hang up, and Dean says to Sam, dude, we're up 15 grand. And Sam looks worried. (laughs) So we cut to the boys walking into a restaurant. Dean says, don't worry. Bobby will find a way to break it. Till then, I say we hit Vegas. Pull a little Rain Man. You could be Rain Man. (laughs) <laughs> I've never seen that movie, so I don't really oh. understand. I'm assuming it's some sort of, like, cheating at some, like, card game or mm-hmm. just table game, maybe. I don't know. I really have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, Sam says, look, we just lay low until Bobby calls back, okay? So they go up to the counter, and Sam says, hi, table for two, please. The guy at the counter yells, congratulations, you are the one millionth guest of the Biggerson's restaurant family. The boys receive a giant check-looking thing that says they get free food for one year. A bunch of waitresses are taking pictures. There's balloons and confetti. Dean is thrilled. He is just like, this is the best day of my life. Yeah. (laughs) And Sam just looks incredibly overwhelmed. (laughs) What's happening to me? (laughs) Yeah. Right. So we cut back to Kubrick and Creedy. Kubrick gets off the phone and says, the word's out. Now we wait. Creedy says, now we eat. Kubrick says, good idea. What do you like? I got canned everything. (laughs) Creedy says, no, man, not eating in the RV. Look, I know a good place. Wide menu, good service, homey atmosphere, garlic knots. The menu's on their website. So we cut back to Sam and Dean at the restaurant. Sam is on his laptop researching. He says, Bobby's right. This lore goes way back. Pure hoodoo. You can't just cut one off any rabbit. It has to be in a cemetery, under a full moon, on a Friday the 13th. Dean, who has been stuffing his face (laughs) with an ice cream sundae. As he does. Yeah. (laughs) Says, I think from now on, we only go to places with bigger sins. (laughs) Then he grabs his head in pain because he's got an ice cream headache. Brain freeze! I know. <laughs> he was shoveling it in too fast. Yes, he was. <laughs> Got super excited and couldn't control himself. <laughs> Free ice cream! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so a waitress comes up with a pot of coffee and says to Sam, can I freshen you up? Sam's like, yeah, sure. So she actually accidentally spills some on the table. And as she cleans it up, she's all flirty and giving Sam bedroom eyes. <laughs> I like that that's what you call them because I've never heard anybody say that before. Really? And it's like... Is perfect. It's like perfectly describes it. You know, yeah. it's kind of great. When I was like eighteen or nineteen, some stranger in a Sherry's in the smoking section where I was smoking, uh-huh. which I don't do anymore. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, um, told me that I had bedroom eyes, and I was just like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means, and I, I, I like, like so in a creepy way or like in a. I think. He wasn't an old creepy man. He was like just a young guy, like my age. So so still creepy. It was it was, it was <laughs> lecherous at the very least. It, yeah, I can't really remember. <laughs> I I wasn't creeped out by him. I was more just like 
are you insulting me? Like, like I don't know what this means. What does that mean? So yeah. anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't come up with bedroom eyes on my own. <laughs> I you were informed of it. I was, yes. So um, she walks away and she looks back at him quite a few times. Dean says, dude, if you were ever going to get lucky. <laughs> Sam says, chill out. Like, dude, calm down. Then Sam spills his cup of coffee all over his pants, so he quickly stands up and knocks into a waiter holding a bunch of food, and the waiter and the food all fall to the floor. (laughs) Dean says, how is that good? Sam puts his hand in his coat pocket, where the rabbit's foot was, and it comes out empty. Turns out he's quite unlucky now. (laughs) Yes. Dean says, son of a bitch. (laughs) Who, and I want to know, who puts the rabbit's foot, the friggin' curse object, in your jacket pocket, dude? Like, Put it somewhere a like, little more secure, please. Like in your at least jacket, really? In your pants pocket where it's going to be harder to get yeah, to when it'll you're be sitting a little down. Tighter. You know, right. like. I <laughs> thought that was a poor choice. Like, dude. <sighs> so we cut to outside Biggerson's. The waitress who is flirting with Sam has the rabbit's foot um, wrapped up in a hand towel. She takes off her wig and throws it in a dumpster. And we cut to Sam and Dean running out of the restaurant, and Sam totally falls down. He just, like, <laughs> runs and he's falls. He's, like, knock-kneed, you know, just, yeah. like, wobbly and just, like, <laughs> Dean says, wow, you suck. So what, now your luck turns bad? He helps Sam up, and we see that Sam has torn up his pants and knees. <laughs> Poor bugger. I know. He just can't control it. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Sam says, I guess. And Dean says, I wonder how bad. So we cut back to Kubrick and Creedy. They're looking at a restaurant's website. Creedy hits the link for the nearest location and then shows Kubrick the computer. He says, you seeing that? It's a picture of Sam and Dean. Oh, he doesn't say that part. (laughs) Creedy says, you seeing that? And he is showing Kubrick a picture of Sam and Dean holding the free food for a year check. Kubrick smiles and says, yes, I am. So we cut back to Grossman drinking in his apartment. He's looking at old pictures of Wayne. Having a total bro moment. He is. Yeah. He's like, he's like taking a sip of his booze and then like pouring some on the floor. Yeah, I know. Like pouring it on the floor. Like, like of all the things. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam and Dean walk into the room and Grossman says, oh man, what do you want? Dean says, heard about your friend. It's bad luck. Grossman says, piss off. Dean says, we know someone hired you to steal that rabbit's foot. A woman. Grossman says, yeah, how do you know that? Dean says, because she just stole it back from us. Grossman starts laughing. Sam says, listen, man, this is... But as he's talking, he accidentally trips over a cord and knocks a lamp over and falls down. Dean says, Sam, are you okay? Sam says, yeah, I'm good. Dean says to Grossman, I want you to tell us her name. Grossman says, screw you. Dean says, it wasn't a freak accident that killed your partner. It was the rabbit's foot. Grossman says, you're crazy, man. Dean says, you know I'm not. You saw what happened, what it did. All the flukes, all the luck. When you lose the foot, all the luck goes sour. That's what killed your friend. And my brother here is next. And who knows how many more innocent people after that. Now, if you don't help us stop this thing, then that puts those deaths on your head. Now, I can read people, and I get it. You're a thief and a scumbag. That's fine. But you're not a killer, are you? (laughs) Grossman shakes his head. So we cut to Kubrick outside of Biggerson's. Uh, Creedy joins him with a takeout swan. Creedy says, no one saw which way they went, and their meal was free, so there's no credit card trail. Kubrick says, don't worry, we'll find them. Creedy says, what makes you so sure? And Kubrick says, because there's a higher power at work here. I know it now. (laughs) So we cut to Sam and Dean leaving Grossman's apartment building. Dean gets a phone call. It's Bobby who says... Dean, great news. Wasn't easy, but I found a heavyweight 
cleansing ritual that should do the trick. I said that word. A heavyweight cleansing ritual that should do the <laughs> trick. Dean says, Bobby, that's great. Except Sam, uh, Sam lost the foot. Bobby says, he what? <coughs> Excuse me. Dean says, Bobby, listen, this hot chick stole it from him. I'm serious. In her mid-twenties, she was sharp, you know? Good enough to con, good enough a con to play us. And she only gave the guy she hired a name. Probably an alias or something. Luigi or something. Sam says, Lugosi. <laughs> Bobby says, oh, crap. It's probably Bella. Dean says, Bella Lugosi? That's cute. Bobby says, Bella Talbot's her real name. Cross paths with her once or twice. Dean says, she knew about the rabbit's foot. Is she a hunter? Bobby says, pretty friggin' far from a hunter, but she knows her way around the territory. She's been out of the country the last I heard. She was in the Middle East someplace. Dean says, well, I guess she's back. Bobby says, which means seriously bad luck for you. But if it is Bella, at least I might know some folks who know where to find her. Dean says, thanks, Bobby, again. Bobby says, just look out for your brother, you idiot. And they hang up. Uh, while they're having this conversation, Sam stepped on a huge <laughs> wad of gum. He couldn't get it off, <laughs> so he tried scraping it off on a sewer grate that had a big hole in it. Then his shoe got stuck in the grate and eventually fell into it. <laughs> when Dean gets off the phone, he looks at Sam, who looks all dejected. Dean says, what? Sam says... I lost, lost my, shoe. my shoe. <laughs> I lost my shoe. He just seems so like, I lost my shoe. You know, like, man, you know. It is quite, quite the scene of Sam losing his shoe. This is like one of my favorite moments in all of Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Not like my very favorite moment, because I don't think I could just have one, but like this is one of them. Mm-hmm. Just like. The way he's so, like, just defeated. Yeah. He just <laughs> goes like, all, like, puppy dog face. This is how this is going to work. I wrote that down, too. I said, kicked puppy look. Yeah, <laughs> he does. So we cut to Sam and Dean pulling up to their motel. Dean gets off the phone with Bobby and says to Sam, all right, Bobby's got it. Bobby's got it on pretty good authority that this Bella chick lives in Queens. So it'll take me about two hours to get there. Sam says, so what are we doing then? Dean says, you, my brother, are staying here because I don't want your bad luck getting us killed. As he's talking, he drives right past Kubrick's RV parked in the parking lot. So Sam and Dean walk into their motel room and Sam says, what am I even supposed to do, Dean? Dean says, nothing, nothing. Come here. I don't want you doing anything. I want you to sit right here and don't move, okay? Don't turn on the light. Don't turn off the light. Don't even scratch your nose. (laughs) Dean leaves and Sam starts scratching his nose. And he looks so perturbed Yeah, everything. <laughs> so we cut to Queens, New York. We see Bella in her apartment arguing on the phone with someone. She hangs up and sees Dean walking up on her surveillance cameras. So she picks up the rabbit's foot with tongs and her cat hisses at it. <laughs> then she opens up her wine refrigerator and pulls out a gun. She heads down her hallway and sees that her front door is already ajar. Her security alarm is beeping with an error message and there's a post-it on it that says, Turn around. Then Dean is suddenly next to her, and they both point guns at each other. (laughs) Dean says, you left without your tip. We cut back to Sam sitting in a chair in his motel room. He looks incredibly bored. Then the air conditioning unit starts to make some suspicious noises. (laughs) Smoke starts coming out of it. Sam says, oh, come on, man. (laughs) Then it bursts into flames. He's like, poof. Yeah. (laughs) Sam grabs a bedspread and tries to put out the flames. He finally manages to. Then his arm catches on fire. He grabs the window curtain and extinguishes it, but falls over backwards, pulling the curtain down on top of him. Just outside the window is Kubrick and Creedy. 
Sam is unconscious. <laughs> and Kubrick, like he always is in the show, I swear. Right. <laughs> and Kubrick looks up towards the heavens with gratitude. <laughs> because it's that the Jesus face that's doing it, that's apparently. That's right. That's right. So we cut back to Dean and Bella. Dean says, you're going to give it back. She says, sweetie, no, I'm not. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, we'll see. Bella, right? She says, that's right, Dean. He says, you know the thing's cursed, don't you? She says, you'd be surprised what some people would pay for something like that. There's a lucrative market out there. A lot of money to be made. You hunters with all your amulets and talismans you use to stop those big bad monsters. Any of them could put your children's children through college. Dean says, so you know the truth about what's really going on out there. And this is what you decide to do with it. You become a thief. She says, I procure, procure unique items for a select clientele. Dean says, yeah, a thief. <laughs> she says, no, a great thief. We cut to Sam waking up being duct taped to a chair. <laughs> That's the worst luck. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Knock cre- yourself out and then get duct taped to a chair. Right. Creedy says, he's awake. Kubrick says, back with us, huh? Creedy says, we didn't even have to touch you. You just went all spastic and knocked yourself out. <laughs> it was like watching Jerry Lewis trying to stack chairs. Okay, I don't know who Jerry Lewis is. I do don't you? know. Okay, I was going to look it up, but I didn't. I can do that. Okay. I mean, I'm guessing it's some sort of, like, comedy routine or something. Right. Like, I don't... I feel like I may have heard American Comedian. Okay. Okay. Um... Uh, he was nicknamed the King of Comedy. Okay. Known for his partnership with Dean Martin as the groundbreaking act of Martin and Lewis. Okay. He's been in a lot of different... He's like 60s actor. A lot of these movies are from the 50s oh, yeah. and 60s. Okay. One in 82. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> That's all right. Thanks for looking it up. So Sam says, who are you? What do you want? Kubrick snaps his fingers in Sam's face like a real asshole. <laughs> like, I hate it when people do that. God, I hate I it I gotta so say. Much. Like, yeah. That's one of the worst things. Even if somebody does it to somebody else, I'm like, really? Yeah. It drives <laughs> me crazy. So Kubrick says, I used to think your friend Gordon sent me. Sam says, Gordon, oh man, come on. Kubrick says, because he asked me to track you down and put a bullet in your brain. Sam says, great, that sounds like him. <laughs> Kubrick says, but as it turns out, I'm on a mission from God. And then he punches Sam in the face. So we cut back to Dean. He or says, Gordon. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> we cut back to Dean. He says, look, Bella, my brother, he touched the foot. And when you took it from him, his luck went from. She says, I know how it works. Dean says, <clears throat> so then you know he's going to die unless we can destroy it. She says, oh, you can have the foot for $1.5 <laughs> Dean says, nice. I'll just call my banker. How'd you even find the damn thing? Stuck in the back of some storage place, middle of nowhere. She turns and looks at a Ouija board and says, I just asked a few of the ghosts of the people had killed. They were very tuned into its location. Mm. Dean says, so you're only after yourself, huh? It's all about number one. She says, being a hunter is so much more noble. A bunch of obsessed, revenge-driven sociopaths trying to save a world that can't be saved. Dean says, well, aren't you a glass half full? She says, we're all going to hell, Dean. Might as well enjoy the ride. Dean says, I actually agree with you there. Anywho, this has been charming, but uh, look at the time. Oh, and this. And he holds out the rabbit's foot and says, you're not the only one with sticky fingers. What a sassy pants. I like it. <laughs> if it's any consolation, I think you're a truly awful person. <laughs> she fires her gun at him a bunch of times, but misses because of the rabbit's foot. 
So I just need a drink of water because my throat is going all crazy. Yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> it's just like, Bodwick. Yeah. <laughs> my voice, like, dropped a couple octaves. And I'm like, I sound like a dude all of a sudden. <laughs> I didn't think <clears throat> I sounded like a dude. Okay, well, that's fine. So we cut to Creedy splashing water on Sam's face, waking him up. Kubrick says to Sam, You're, you were a part of that demon plan to open the gate, weren't you? Sam says, we did everything we could to stop it. Kubrick says, lie, lie, lie. You were in on it. You know what their next move is, too, don't you? Sam says, no, I don't, okay? You're wrong about all of this. Kubrick says, where are they going to hit us next? Sam sighs, and Kubrick backhands him and yells, where? Gordon told me about you, Sam, about your powers. You're some kind of weirdo psychic freak. Sam says, no, not anymore. I have no powers, no visions, nothing. Kubrick hits him again and says, lie. Now, no more lies. There is an army of demons out there pushing at a world already on the brink. We're on deck for the end game here, right? So maybe, just maybe, you can understand why we can't take chances. Kubrick pulls out a gun and points it at Sam's face. Sam says, whoa, wait a minute. Creedy tries to stop Kubrick, but Kubrick says, no, you saw what happened, Creedy. Ask yourself, why are we here? Because you saw a picture on the web? Because we chose this motel instead of another? Look like that doesn't just happen. Sam says, look, I can't explain all of that. But Creedy, er, but Kubrick tells him to shut up. Kubrick says, it's God, Creedy. He led us here for one reason, to do his work. This is destiny. He points the gun back at Sam, and then suddenly, Dean says from behind them, no, no destiny, just a rabbit's foot. Kubrick says, put the gun down, son, or you're going to be scraping brain off the wall. Dean motions with his gun and says, oh, this thing? Okay, but you see, there's something about me that you don't know. <laughs> Dean puts the gun down, but picks up a ballpoint pen. Kubrick says, yeah, what would that be? Dean says, it's my lucky day. Then he tosses the pen right at Kubrick's gun, and it sticks right inside the barrel and plugs it. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of awesome. just super amazing. <laughs> Dean says, oh, my God, did you see that shot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Creedy rushes at Dean, who ducks. Then Creedy smashes into a wall and knocks himself out. Dean says, I'm amazing. And I love the whole time he's just happy as a lark. Like, he's smiling and yeah. he ducks down. He's like, hey! Yeah. <laughs> so proud of himself. <laughs> then he picks up a remote control. He throws it at Kubrick's forehead, knocking him out. Dean says, I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. Sam does not look <laughs> impressed. He says, yeah, you're Batman. <laughs> so we cut to a graveyard. Sam and Dean have made a smoldering circle in the ground. I didn't really know what to call it because it wasn't really, like, on fire. It was just, like... It's a bunch of embers. Yeah, it was just embers. So, I don't know. A smoldering circle. <laughs> <laughs> the pit of despair. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no. I know. <laughs> Sam says, all right, bone ash, cayenne pepper, that should do it. Dean is frantically scratching some lotto tickets and says, one second. Sam's like, Dean. But Dean says, hey, back off, Jinx. I'm bringing home the bacon. Then he puts the lotto tickets in a pocket of a shirt that's been draped over a headstone. He says, all right, say goodbye to Waskily Rabbit. Uh, But before he can throw the rabbit's foot into the circle, Bella is there. She's pointing her gun at them and says, I think you will find that belongs to me. Or, you know, whatever. Put the foot down, honey. Dean says, no, you're not going to shoot anybody. See, I happen to be able to read people. Okay, you're a thief. Fine, but you're not. Bella interrupts him by shooting Sam in the shoulder. (laughs) She says, back off, tiger. You make one more move and I'll pull the trigger. You've got the luck, Dean. You I can't hit. But your brother? Him? I can't miss. Dean says, what the hell is wrong with you? You don't just stand around shooting people like that. (laughs) 
She says, relax, it's a shoulder hit. I can aim. Besides, who here hasn't shot a few people? Put <laughs> He's the- like, well. <laughs> yeah, really. Put the rabbit's foot on the ground now. Dean says, all right, take it easy. He goes to put the rabbit's foot on the ground, but instead tosses it at her and says, think fast. She grabs it and then says, damn. Dean says, now, what do you say we destroy that ugly-ass piece of dead thing? So she drops it into the burning circle and says, thanks very much. I'm at 1.5 million and on the bad side of a very powerful, fairly psychotic buyer. Dean says, wow, I really don't feel bad about that, (laughs) Sam. Sam says, nope, not even a little. Bella says, maybe next time I'll hang you out to dry. Dean says, oh, don't go away angry. Just go away. (laughs) Bella says, have a nice night, boys. And she walks away. Um, After the rabbit's foot burns, the boys are walking to their car. Dean says, you good? Sam says, I'll live. Dean says, I guess we're back to normal now, huh? No good luck, no bad luck. Oh, I forgot. We're at 46,000. I forgot about the scratch tickets. He reaches into his pockets, but the tickets are gone. Then we see Bella driving away, honking her horn. Like speeding away, too. Yeah. (laughs) We cut to Bella in her car holding the scratch tickets. Dean yells, son of a bitch! (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Then we cut to Gordon and Kubrick talking in prison through the glass window. Kubrick says, you were right about everything. Sam Winchester is more than a monster. He's the adversary. Gordon says, what was it that convinced you? Kubrick says, God led me to him. His will is clear. Gordon says, okay, that's great. I'm glad to have you on board. But first things first, we got to get me the hell out of here. Because like I told you before, Sam Winchester must die. Gordon hangs at the phone and credits. So I have some thoughts. Okay. <laughs> okay. So first one is at the very beginning, uh, well, not the very beginning, but like towards the beginning of the episode when they walk into that storage container, mm-hmm. I'm like watching because, you know, you're they're down kind of by their feet with the trip line and everything. And I'm like, those shoes look, I think that's the, sh- is this the episode that Sammy loses his shoe? Oh, you, you know, like, I was like, I think it's that shoe. Yeah. You know, like, it's gotta be. And then later on, I was like so pleased with myself that I recognized that. that you recognize the shoe. I didn't <laughs> know what shoe to look for. That's so funny. I just remember, well, okay, to be fair, I only really remember this because I saw, I think it was for the 300th episode, they had done that photo shoot or whatever, and Sam, or Jared, was, uh, he was like, had a desk or something with his legs propped up and there's all these different like props from throughout the seasons mm-hmm. and stuff on there and one of them was the shoe oh, okay and i remember because they pointed out like this was his lost shoe and i remember what it looked like and so when i saw him wearing that i was like is that his shoe uh-huh. you know like is this the first it was like okay because i'm sure he probably wore those shoes before so i was like i wonder if this is the episode that he loses his shoe or if this is just like a random happens to be that shoe as well yeah but anyways so that that was that's awesome that you recognized that that's funny (laughs) um also like when what's his face uh the the one who lives without the meat fork in his head uh grossman grossman okay Mm -hmm. um when he's pouring beer on the floor and everything, I had this thought. I'm like, is that why the bar floors are always sticky? Like, people go in there just, like, traumatized from whatever, and they're, um, like, pour one out for a friend on the floor. Yeah. You know? like, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean. It could be. How many people are really spilling their drinks that much? Like, I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of drunk people in bars, you know. Cause yeah. As, I think it happens it goes, pretty but, frequently. Like, 
you know, they're always sticky, and it just, I can't. I know it. I <laughs> you know can it. hear your feet, like, peeling up off the ground every yeah. step you take. And I've only been to, like, a couple of bars, but still, it's just like, ooh. Yeah, I've been to a lot of bars, and they're all like that. There's just, you just can't get away from it. Yeah. Drunk people spill their drinks. Even oh, yeah. just walking, it just sloshes over the side. Mm-hmm. They can't, they're not sturdy enough. Yeah. Or sturdy enough, steady enough. Yes. They're also not sturdy enough, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Um, also, Sam's bad luck is just hilarious. Like, he just looks so concerned all the mm-hmm. time. And he's stumbling around, like, wobbling like a baby deer and falling down and scraping his knees like a two-year-old. And, like, yeah, you know, he totally like, was. Whoa! You know, and just looks so put out the whole time. And it's fantastic. It is. He does a good <laughs> job with the comedy in this episode. He really does. Also, okay, so... When Bella was talking about how she found the rabbit's foot or whatever, mm-hmm. it was way too easy. Like, usually they have to work a little bit harder than that to find things. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just kind of seemed a little bit too much for me to, like, be like, really? Really? That's it? Like, yeah. that's all I you're going to give us? I think so early in the series, you don't really see much Ouija board. We saw them use a Ouija board in... Um, um, when um, Dean when, was having yeah, an out-of-body experience. I think it's the first episode of season two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't really see it other than that. You yeah, know what I mean? Really. I don't know. We don't We don't really know how easy or hard that is. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, since then, too. I don't think, it's not like a common thing. Mm-hmm. And it was something she was looking for. She wasn't just, like, casting about trying to find whatever. She was yeah. hired to find this real specific thing. Yeah. So she knew what she was after. It a little easier. Yeah. I don't, Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of like. <sighs> it was a nice, easy way to just be like, this is how. And, you know, an easy explainer without having to describe anything. Yeah. So. I mean, it makes sense. I just, I just kind of remember it, like, as I was watching it being like. Huh? That seemed a little too easy. That yeah. seemed too easy, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, whatever. So, um, those are my thoughts. <laughs> what was your favorite moment from this episode? Oh, man. I think Dean tossing that pet into the barrel of the gun and then being like, I'm Batman. Yeah, super pleased. Yeah, I think that's fine. What was your favorite moment? I have, like, three favorite moments. Okay. Because <laughs> I could not pick. And I'm, like, writing all these down as I'm, as I'm taking my notes. Usually, I'm, like, as we're going through and talking about the episode, I'll, like, write down what my favorite part is or whatever. Yeah. So then that way I can, like, re- no, this was, like, as we were going, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the first one is don't play with my Jesus because. That was pretty amazing. I thought it was pretty funny. Like, yeah. He's just, like, so angsty about him touching his little porcelain yeah. Jesus or whatever. Um, second one is, I mean, it's really this whole scene, but when Dean's like, what? And Sam's like, I lost my shoe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it just, uh, it gets very, me every time. It's, it's classic. It's a classic moment. It's a classic one. It just gets me. Also the, I'm Batman from Dean. Right. Um, and at the very end where he's just like, you know, he's so excited about these scratch tickets. And then he's like, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, right. you know, I can't handle it. But yeah. So those are my, what is that? One, two, three, four. Four favorite moments. <laughs> There's a lot of good moments. There's a lot of good moments. Yeah. Um, so for our interesting facts for this episode, um, in the final scene, Dean's son of a bitch line was ad-libbed. Um, oh. You can see Jared break character and laugh. That's interesting. I don't. I don't remember seeing I don't that. Remember I'll have to that. rewatch that. Yeah. 
I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Um, this is the first time that Bobby calls the boys idiots. Oh, I thought so. I thought it was. I thought it was too. I didn't write it down because I wasn't so sure about uh, sure about it. But I think he says yeah, idiots like a plural idiots instead of just one idiot. I can't. Remember. I wrote it down. So it's when he's talking about. Um, when he's talking to Dean about Sam, this is, like, right at the whole, like, I lost my shoe scene when he's on the phone with him. He's like, and also, look out for your brother, you idiot. You know? Oh. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, idiot. Dean was the original idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just like to throw that I out there. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> it does make yeah. sense. It makes so much sense. Um, the storage unit that was robbed was rented under the name Edgar... Case, I think Casey. It was, Casey. Um, Edgar Casey was a famous American psychic. <clears throat> I don't know why I just like stuttered with that. I don't know. It was psychic and was known as the sleeping prophet because he supposedly had the ability to put himself into a sleep like trance before he gave a reading. Hmm. So he like hypnotized himself or something. Sounds like, like that. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Don't know. Um, Sam's wearing the same jacket he was wearing when he was stabbed by Jake. Oh, so you think that jacket would have a hole in it? You would think, but... Maybe they're good at patching clothes up. I mean... Probably. Probably. I mean, when you're in the army and that sort of stuff, they teach you how to sew. Right, they do. And do that sort of stuff. So, like, dad was army. I'm sure he taught him. Oh, yeah. Dad was marine, I think. Or, yeah, marine, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, I meant to say military, but I just immediately went to army. Yeah, gotcha. Anyways. (laughs) Um, So... This entire episode is about luck. If you look closely in the thugs' apartment, there is an upside-down horseshoe above the door. Horseshoes are an international symbol of luck. If the horseshoe is right-side up, it collects good luck. If the horseshoe is upside-down, it lets all the good luck out and invites bad luck. Hmm. So I wonder if it was, like, upside-down for part of it and right-side-up for the other Oh, part. I don't know. I don't think they show it more than once. So Probably not. And I'm assuming it's after... Um, um, the guy was meat forked. So. All right, right. <laughs> meat forked. I love it. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, the title comes from a 1955 film about a mysterious stranger who arrives in a small town in search of someone and ends up changing life in the town forever. Hmm. But it doesn't say what the film is. That's aggravating. No, it says it's the name of the the episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why don't they tell us? <laughs> Pay attention, Rochelle. You can do it. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. That's all right. Um, so when Dean throws the pen into the barrel of the gun, it mirrors the move Batman did using a battering in the movie Batman Under the Red Hood. Jensen Ackles voices Jason Todd in this movie. Oh, that's cool. What? So he was in a Batman movie. Well, voice actor. Technically. Yeah. Like, not shown. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. Um, the character Bella Talbot, or Lugosi, was named after Hungarian actor Bella Lugosi, who starred in several horror movies from the 1920s to 30s, such as Dracula in 1931 and Bride of the Monster in 1955. Yeah, I haven't seen those. I've seen clips of them, like probably yeah. the whole world has. But Yeah, the, like the sketchy, yeah. like super corny... <laughs> Dracula yeah. scene where he like comes through a door or something and is like Rah, you know yeah um where am I oh so when Kubrick tells Sam I'm on a mission from God he is quoting the Blues Brothers um from 1980 mm-hmm. which I haven't the Blues Brothers seen. were actually a skit that they did on Saturday Night Live and it turned it they made a movie about it and they did oh. another one in 
2000, I think the year 2000. Okay, I'm totally having a deja vu moment. Have we talked about this before? I on think the we podcast? have. Yeah, I think we, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I swear I've heard this somewhere. Yeah, I, I think we have for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm not just going crazy. No, no. <laughs> or not all the way crazy. Um, so this is the first of several instances where the made up diner named Biggersons is used. I wonder if because. I'm going to just, like, go out on a limb here and say that because they won a year full of food with um, Bakersons that they probably got used to the food mm-hmm. and just, like, stuck with it, you know? Probably. Kind of, like, familiar, you mm-hmm. know? That's what I'm going to go with. Like, creating my own fan theories right mm-hmm. now, and it's not too crazy. <laughs> I, can, I can deal with it. <laughs> um. Wayne and Grossman are playing poker as Sam and Dean are sneaking into the apartment to get the rabbit's foot. Wayne gets four kings, and later on he says he got two royal flushes and eight hands. The odds of getting a royal flush are... Holy cow. Uh, 649,740 to one. Four of a kind is 4,165 to one. Wow. So, yeah, like... Getting a royal flush is amazing. I have gotten, so, I've played poker, or tried to play poker, I didn't know what was going on, like, one time. hmm And I don't know if it was when I was playing poker, or I was playing another card game. I have gotten one royal flush, and I didn't know what it was, because I was like, well, what is this? And my family was like, oh my goodness, you know, you yeah. got a royal flush, or whatever, but, like... Too bad it didn't count for anything. <laughs> mm. But yeah, fun story. I don't think though. I've ever played poker. I, I tried to learn it, but I was not. Yeah, okay I mean, at it. I think I tried, but I was like a teenager, and I don't really remember. So yeah, there's too many different rules, and I had no idea. Like, if it was just one game where you could like play the game, mm-hmm. and this is what you get, this is what you get, but it's like no, but if this is what we're going for, then these count for these points or what? I just like I don't even know. I got so confused and I could have got so frustrated and I was just done. I never played it again. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't feel the need to. Like mm, whatever. Um, so the character Bella Talbot is named after not just the actor Bella Lugosi, but also named after Lawrence Stewart Talbot, the character Lon Chaney. Shanae Chaney, I don't know, Jr. played in The Wolfman in 1941. Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> um, Kubrick drives and lives in an RV. On the rear left side, it has three stickers. How would Jesus drive? Don't make me come down there from God. And Bethlehem or bust. <laughs> oh, my God. Which is like... Oh, Kubrick. <laughs> what? You know? <laughs> I love it. Uh I do like, okay, so, I mean, I grew up in, you know, Christian family. I, you know, I still go to church. I still do, you know, like, nothing has really changed that much. I, my mom, for the longest time, I don't know if she still has it. I think she did, but she has this, like, license plate cover that says, next time you think you're perfect, try walking on water, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of, like, I always thought it was the most hilarious thing. I don't know why. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those, like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. okay, you're going to drown. Like, <laughs> right. You know. I don't know. It, it just this is a total side story, and I'm distracted. <laughs> okay. And I just thought it was the funniest thing, and I still kind of do, and I don't really know why I can't explain it. Anyways, <laughs> Sam um, says of the cursed rabbit's foot, you can't just cut off 
cut one off any rabbit has to be in a cemetery under a full moon and on a Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, the series, was another Canadian-based horror series about recovering cursed antiques. Um, Jared also went on to star in the film remake of Friday the 13th. Yeah, we gotta watch that. It's pretty good. Have you... That's the one... Jason, right? Is that... Or no, who's Jason? The... I don't remember. How, the the how horror guy. That? Like the, I get... Okay, so Michael Myers is... Halloween, so Friday the thirteenth. I think it's Jason. Yes, I think you've said that before. I can't but remember. I don't remember you have to forgive us. It. It's like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> one forty-eight, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I've had a weird amount of drugs. <laughs> I think it is. I would look on my phone right now, but you're on it, so I'm not sure. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 don't be sorry. Um, uh, who? I always get Jason confused with Michael Myers, but Michael Myers. Is Halloween, right? I'm Which one is positive. the one with the ski mask? Is that Jason? That's Jason. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's Camp Crystal Lake, which is Friday the 13th. Okay. So it's, yeah. Okay. I have only We're seen We're going it. with it. Yeah, I have only seen a couple of those. Um, and I don't remember any of them except for the one that Jared Padalecki was in. So. Yeah, I don't. I haven't we'll watch it, though. I, I remember know. being impressed with it. It was pretty scary. Yeah. Um... Okay. Inside John's storage locker, there is a casket with a flag draped over it. It is unknown who is in the casket, but the flag draped over it is the Arkansas State flag. I don't remember seeing a coffin in there, do you? Nope. Weird. I vaguely maybe kind of remember seeing a flag of some variety. Hmm. Like, just vaguely. Yeah. I kind of want to go back and see what we can see in there now. Yeah. I don't... I'm not really sure. Okay. I feel like we're just like lagging right now. We're both like, well, okay, okay. to be fair, the computer just like turned black and I was like, oh no. <laughs> it's not recording anymore. I was staring at it in horror too. We're like, both just like, ah, oh, crap. what do we do? Do we keep talking? Do we not? I don't know. Will it even pause? I, I know, know, right? <laughs> um, listen. We I are, don't know anything no, no, we're, we're a little out of it all I'm of a sudden. Like, I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I really don't know. <laughs> Okay, so our research for this week is about rabbit's feet because, you know, I mean, that makes sense when you talk about luck of the rabbit's foot. Um, So this is off of Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. Some of this probably isn't correct, but we're going to go with it and pretend that it is. Um, It says, in some cultures, the foot of a rabbit is carried as an amulet to bring good luck. This belief is held by individuals in a great number of places around the world, including Europe, China, Africa, North, and South America. So pretty much everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) In variations of this superstition, the donor rabbit must possess certain attributes, have been killed in a particular place, killed by a particular method or by a person possessing particular attributes like a cross-eyed man what whoa like, that is specific. i think it's just like a random you know this person has to you know yeah. that's just an example of i don't know it's so strange though um so they have this interesting subsection um and it's called as a substitute for bones from a human corpse. Um, it says the various rituals suggested by the sources, though they differ widely from each other, carry a common element from the, of the uncanny and the reverse of what is considered good omened and auspicious. Um, a rabbit is an animal into which sa- shape shifting witches—that's a tongue tie or tongue twister—such <laughs> as. Isabel Gowdy um, claimed to be able to transform themselves. Witches were said to be active at the times of the full and new moons. 
Um, these widely varying circumstances may share a common thread of suggestion that the true lucky rabbit's foot was actually come from a shape-shifted witch. So this is why they're saying this as a substitute for bones from a human corpse because it's technically coming from a human that can shape-shift into a rabbit. I so see. it's like still still human. human. Yeah. Um, um, uh, let's see. Okay. The suggestion that the rabbit's foot is a substitute for a part of the witch's body is corroborated corroborated by other folklore from hoodoo what is happening to me (laughs) um willie dixon's song hoochie coochie man mentions a black cat bone which okay listen you put those like words together and people are gonna think they're wrong right it's probably like an old song yeah it is um along with his mojo and his john the conqueror all are artifacts in hoodoo magic. Given the traditional association between black cats and witchcraft, a black cat bone is also potentially a substitute for a human bone from a witch. So do you think that's why they use it in the crossroad deals? Yeah, I do, for sure. Like, Because it, it has to be a black cat, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hoodoo lore also uses graveyard dust, which isn't that in the crossroad boxes as well? Mm-hmm. Soil from a cemetery for various magical purposes. Dust from a good person's grave keeps away evil. Dust from a sinner's grave is used for more nefarious magic. Ooh. <laughs> oh. I always think of Dr. Nefario every time I hear, hear that word. I don't know how that is. From um, Despicable Me. The, oh, like, I don't The scientist that. guy with... Is that Dr. Nefario? Yeah. Anyways, like old man scientist. I know who you're talking about yeah. now. <laughs> the use of graveyard dust may also be a symbolic appropriation of the parts of a corpse as a relic in a form of sympathetic magic. In any case, the rabbit's foot is dried out and preserved and carried around by gamblers and other people who believe it will bring them good luck. Rabbit, rabbit's feet, either authentic or imitation, are frequently sold by curio shops and vending machines. I have seen, I know people that have had them yeah, before. Yeah, me too. Um, they're usually dyed like pink or green or something yeah, like that, though. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, often these rabbit's feet have been dyed various colors and are often turned into keychains, which is pretty much everything that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Few of these rabbit's feet carry any warranty concerning their provenance or any evidence that the preparers have made any effort to comply with the rituals required by the original tradition. They're just like, here, have this funny thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Some may be confected from fake fur and latex bones, quote-unquote. President Theodore Roosevelt wrote in his autobiography that he had been given a gold-mounted rabbit's foot by John L. Sullivan. What? (laughs) As well as a pen holder made by Bob Fitzsimmons out of a horseshoe. Um... A 1905 anecdote also tells that Booker T. Washington and Baron Ladislaus Hengelmuller, whoa, (laughs) the ambassador from Austria, um, got their overcoats confused when they were both in the White House to speak with President Roosevelt. The ambassador noticed that the coat he had taken was not his when he went to... in the pocket searching for gloves and instead found the left hind foot of a graveyard graveyard rabbit killed in the dark of the moon. <laughs> like, how did he know? Oh, how do you this, know? This looks like it was killed by in the dark of the moon. Like. In a graveyard. What? Yeah. I'm sure he probably, like, figured out that they're like, oh, yeah, that's what this is. Yeah. But, like, to me it sounds like he just pulled it out and was like, oh, this is clearly killed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, right. what? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Other newspaper stories reported the incident but omitted the detail about the rabbit's foot. In addition to being mentioned in blues lyrics, the rabbit's foot is mentioned in the American folk song There'll Be a Hot Time in the Old Town Tonight. When popular in minstrel shows, the line goes, and you've got a rabbit's foot to keep away de hoodoo. Yeah, okay. I said that right. I was like, yeah. I just, it, I, I read it funny. Um, humorist R.E. Shea is credited with the witticism, depend on the rabbit's foot if you will, but remember it didn't work for the rabbit. <laughs> 
I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's an unlucky Literally, rabbit. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe it's because of the unluck that it's supposed to be lucky for other people. Oh, maybe. Like, cause you, like the rabbit is unlucky. So therefore you're lucky. I hate it. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't want a rabbit's foot. Also, it's kind of weird to, like, carry around a dead thing's foot in your pocket. It's very weird. Like, I don't know. It's, it's like the fake keychains and that sort of stuff is right. one thing. But, like, why would you? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Poor so, rabbits. <laughs> what was your or aspect moment from this week? Okay. Mine is very, very short. But <laughs> Killian and I were out on a bike ride the other day, and he was just a couple feet in front of me, riding away, having a good time. And he turned his head back and says, never trust a fart, mom. <laughs> and then he just went on his merry way. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> and I didn't teach him that. <laughs> you do say it a lot, though. I don't think, so. I mean, I think I've just told you about this a lot. I don't think I, I don't think I say specifically, it, never trust a fart. I don't know. I don't know. But it was just, it was just. <laughs> He was just imparting his little wisdom on me. <laughs> just, by the way, at that point, you want to ask, did you poop your pants? I know. <laughs> like, are you trying to tell me that we need to go change your underwear? Like, what's happening? He was just so peaceful about it. I know. He was just smiling, but not like shit-eating grin or anything. Just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. yeah. Okay, so what was your idiot or but moment? Uh, okay, so... <laughs> What had happened was, I mean, I was kind of an ass butt and also an idiot at the same time. Like, I'll let you decide okay. what I was. Okay. <laughs> so I was at Safeway, and I walked in, and there's this guy working there that was, like, fiddling around with one of the, like, the uh, cart thingies, like the drivable. Oh, yeah, What are yeah. those things called? I don't know what those the are scooters. Called. Like, cart pusher things. Yeah. The, well, no, you sit on it and you drive the scooter oh, okay. thing. Okay. Whatever it's called. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so right next to where they keep all those like hand baskets or whatever for you to pick one up. Mm-hmm. I thought he was far enough away from it to where when I picked it up, I wouldn't like run it into him or whatever. Nope. So I pick up one side of the basket and the other side gets like caught under his butt cheek and like lifts it a little. <laughs> goosed him with the hand basket and he looked super shocked <laughs> he's like he just kind of like stood up real quick and was like whoa <laughs> and I didn't know what to do so I just kind of went <laughs> and then walked away <laughs> so I think he thought that I did it on purpose <laughs> you didn't apologize I ran <laughs> I was like ah! I just Oh, I think I did, no, I think I did say sorry. Like, I was kind of like, sorry, and then I just, like, (laughs) took off. But, yeah, totally, like, like, you know how when you, like, goose somebody really good, you, like, get underneath their butt and, like, pinch and lift? Yeah. I did that with the hand basket. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just, like, lifted him right up. (laughs) He stopped real quick. Okay, wait, was it a guy working there? Yeah. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah, the guy working there. Oh, my God. And I I just, I was, (laughs) I don't even know. I was just kind of like, (laughs) I think it made it worse that I giggled about it, too. I think so, yeah. (laughs) And I would have just been like, oh, sorry. Like, it probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But I just didn't know what to do, so I laughed. (laughs) I was like, it happened, and I was like, (laughs) sorry. And then, like, 
left. <laughs> I at least you said sorry, because that implies that you didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. But still. Like, that is hilarious. The first thing that happened, though, was I giggled. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I think what had happened is I giggled, stalled out for a second, then said sorry, and ran. Yeah. All this happened within a span of, like, maybe two seconds, right? So right. it was kind of like, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but still. Like, I totally grabbed somebody's butt in the handbasket <laughs> at some point. <laughs> So that happened. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" And thank goodness it wasn't my hand; it was the basket. You know, right. else that would have been like another level of awkward. Like if I had ran my hand with the, like the, what are those things? The handles, mm-hmm. like into his butt. That would have been way too yeah, much. That would have been. <laughs> been way too much. But yeah. Oh my god! So that's that a good was one. Mine. I'm going to just call you an idiot. I don't think okay. you are an ass butt. I, I mean, think I was an ass butt. The giggling kind of <laughs> makes you an ass butt. I know, right? <laughs> but it sounds like it was more of a nervous giggle. It, it, that was probably apparent to the guy. I hope it was apparent to him. Yeah. I don't know if it was. It just, like, it all happened in a blur. And I just, yeah. I freaked out. I don't know. I just, like... I, I freaked out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But yeah, That's fun. awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.